Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I am joined by teaching pastor Clayton Keenan, executive pastor Eric Ferris, and our special guest and good friend, Dave Gwynn. Special guest! Woo! We like special guests. Irish blessings hey, and Dave. slide Hello. whistles and clappers and all kinds of other things that make noises. Yes. We have to make our own noises because they haven't still given us... You don't us, have the budget for the... No. For they that, still yeah. have not given us special effects or nope. noises. So it's very true. Well, Dave is the Children's Summer and Midweek Programs Pastor here at Christ Community, and so part of his role is to oversee our epic midweek ministry, and that ministry uses the kids' version of the Bible Savvy Reading Plan. How cool is that? So we are excited to have Dave joining the conversation today. Now, before we get into today's passage, we came up with a few quick conver- uh, questions to help us uh, get to know Dave a little better. Dave, are you ready? Sure. Am. All right. Well, I'm going to get us started. So, I'm a big music lover. So, I would love to know what you're currently listening to. Nothing. Uh, unfortunately, okay. I'm not. I'm not a huge music fan, um, and so I don't actually listen to a lot of music. Much more into audiobooks, podcasts. If I'm in the car. So I'm afraid I don't have anything. Really? Yeah. I won't hold No music you. in the car. No. Wow. No music. No music in your life. Hardly ever. Nope, never. How did I mean, you get on this podcast? I was listening to stuff. We got we to screen our guests better. No music in your <laughs> life? I Three very questions. rarely listen to, to music. No. Wow. All right. Well, good. Clayton, what do you listen to? Moving on. Uh, I listen to depressing folk music. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I do. See? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's better than listening no, to nothing. No, not really. <laughs> not really. Um, so here, here's my question. Uh, if you had to live in a fictional universe, what world would you inhabit? Oh, that is a hard one. A world with um, no music, apparently. Yeah. I'm a huge sci-fi fan, so I would, I'd be torn between Star Wars and Star Trek. Oh, Love wait. both of those. You're going to straddle the fence on that one. Oh, boy. Well, see, I this, would probably say Star Wars, but it's constant war, and I'm not sure <laughs> I, I want that. I'm Star Trek's like this. utopian, uh, so you know, maybe go with that one. I'm going to walk out of the studio if we keep talking about Star Wars and Star what? Trek. <laughs> wow. <laughs> First, what's your question? When then? are we going to talk about the Bible? What just happened? What's All your... right, let's go, with, let's go with this one. I've got a list of questions on my iPad screen. On a scale of one to 10, how funny would you say you are? Oh, I think I would go with the, let's go with a four. Really? really? Like wow. me, medium level of funny. Doesn't listen to music. But, right. I have no references to make because I don't listen to music. I, you know. If you if you had to rate the average person, do you you put yourself below the average person, less funny than than average. If five is kind of yeah, mid range, yeah, I think so. Wow, that's humble of you. Well, thanks. We'll decide at the I end of this podcast yeah, if we agree. Right. I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that's true, Dave. I think you're funnier than the average bear. Okay, great. I think so. Than uh, the average bear. <laughs> All right, Nikki. Nikki, <laughs> yep, you, yep, need, yep. you need to get back to okay, hosting okay, this well, podcast. Okay. All right, Dave. Thank you for letting us get a chance to. To know you a little bit more. All right, so guys, we just spent the past five weeks in the Gospel of Mark, and now we're jumping all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, to the book of Genesis. So I'm going to hand things over to Clayton to tell us what passage we're talking about today and why. Yeah, so today we are going to be looking at Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, and that's a passage. The reason I picked it uh, is for a couple of reasons. Uh, it's the story of Cain and Abel, as we're about to hear, and it's uh, a pretty challenging story. And so I think this is going to help us get at a couple of things. One, what do you do when you're reading a passage 
that has a bunch of questions that you're not sure how to figure out. So this is this is challenging. There's going to be things that uh, we're going to read and we may not get to the bottom of, but we got to figure out what do you do uh, when we come across those kinds of passages. And the second is also the reason we brought Dave in. And this is a reading that is not just in the Bible savvy reading, but the epic reading plan has this passage in it. Uh, so the epic reading plan, we looked at the same books of the Bible that we're reading uh, for the Bible savvy plan for uh, students and adults. And we said, how do we scale it down to a kid's size reading for the day? And uh, we avoided a few of the difficult things, but there are, there are lots of things in the Bible that even with that uh, are, are really challenging. And you got to ask the question, how do you talk to a kid about that? So uh, we've got Dave in here. Uh, he's going to help us figure out how to do that as we go along. But before we get to that, let's actually read the passage. So Eric, would you read to us Genesis 4, verses 1 through 16? Adam lay with his wife Eve. This is why we have the children's pastor here. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. So the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you will, not, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Ain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden." All right, well, we're going to walk through the comma method here, and we're going to start with C, which stands for context. So let me give you a little context. This is the first passage we've done in the book of Genesis, and the, the Genesis tells the story of both the beginning of the world and the beginning of God's people, and so that's what we're going to be seeing in here. And up until this point, have ha uh, a few familiar stories have come up. Maybe if you've read the Bible, you've at least uh, come across these uh, stories before. It's the story of God creating the world. Uh, so it's a good world. Everything is the way it's supposed to be. God creates human beings, puts them in a good place, gives them a purpose, sends them out. But then in the third chapter, we have the story of the fall. That's where sin comes in. Uh, Adam and Eve, the, the first human beings, they rebel against God. They break his one commandment. And the result is this, and this is important for the passage. They are cursed. So there is a curse on the serpent that was uh, the one who tempted Adam and Eve, and it's said that there's going to be a conflict now between the offspring of Eve, the children of Eve, and the serpent. And the other thing that's cursed is uh, 
the ground. Uh, the, the ground is not going to just give food for the people, and they're going to have to struggle and toil and work for that. And so as we uh, come into this story, the human beings have been kicked out of the Garden of Eden. They're outside of paradise, and now they're struggling. It's hard. And so then we get to this situation. This is where we get to the O in comma, which is observations. Uh, and in this case, this is a, uh, there's all sorts of things to look at here. And again, I want to reiterate, uh, there may be some things that you observe in here that you aren't sure what they mean or how to understand them. That's not off limits. You don't have to say, well, I'm not going to mention it because I don't know what to do with it. In fact, sometimes, like we've talked about before on the podcast, good questions make good observations. So even if you don't know the answer, feel free to raise the question anyway. All right, let me open up to all of you. What are some of your observations in this passage? Well, the first thing that I thought about when I read verses 5 through 8, I, I, I noticed that the anger and how scary the anger became so quickly. Like, we're introduced to the fact that Cain is angry, and then all of a sudden it results in him leading his brother out to a field and killing him. That, that was, that's scary. That escalated quickly. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is a beautiful, obscure reference. All right. I'm so proud of the fact that that came out of Clayton. <laughs> yeah, for me, I noticed, um, you know, it, verse 9, he asks, where is your brother Abel? You know, God asked this rhetorical question that reminded me of when he's asking Adam and Eve, similarly, where are you? You know, God knows that answer already, but um, it just struck me that he would ask again, kind of giving him almost that God is giving a, a pause to Cain to, to be able to confess or own his own sin or the choice he's made, which he doesn't, but uh, it struck me as, as great that he would leave that pause for him. Yeah. I noticed that there is obviously something qualitatively different between the offering that Abel brings and what Cain brings, and there's something good about Abel's and something not so good about Cain's, uh, but it's hard to discern just at reading what it is. Yeah. Like, why was his so much better? And, and this is where I think sometimes, even in our Bible-savvy journals, when you ask a good question, you just write it in your journal, it's, not, it's okay sometimes to not have the answer, because sometimes getting the specific answer may not even matter, right? Like, the text is telling us that somehow Abel's was qualitatively better than Cain's, and Cain is jealous somehow and angry about it. And the Lord is challenging Cain on that. So I, I just noticed that there's a, there's a difference between their two offerings. And even if I don't know the specifics of what made them so different, I can still understand this story. Yeah. Yeah, it might, it might be worth exploring just to ask the question, do you think there, what do you think the difference was? Because I'm sure that there are going to be people who are stuck on that. They say, okay, is, is there an answer to that one? What do you think? Well, one is from the ground, right? Because it, it says he's, it says Cain was a, a worker of the soil, right? Yeah. So some of it's some of it's plants. Yeah. Yeah. And then it said Abel was uh, a tender of a flock. So then he brought portions of fat. Is yeah. That, right. Is that what it says? I think so. Mm hmm So what was the difference between those two types of offerings in the Bible? Do they? Is there? A, a de description of what the two were like anywhere for us to... Oh, you're locking in on the oh. difference between like... Uh, like uh, you're, off you're offering plants versus offering animal kind of thing? Yeah, meat so like if you're at Pizza Hut, do you eat the meat lover's pizza or a vegetarian v pizza? Right. Oh. Could that... No, I, there's, a, there's a reason God didn't accept the vegetarian pizza. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, that's 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 one of the ideas that people have pat, floated. They said, well, maybe God wanted an animal, a living thing to die, you know, a sacrifice for that. The, the, the tricky part, and this is kind of importing some things that are from other parts of the Bible, so if you, you haven't read this part, it's fine. Uh, in, when God sets up the offerings in later in the Bible, there are actually offerings that are, some are grain, plants, and some are animals. So, so in some cases, it's okay to offer a plant. So it, it, may, it may not be that. What other things do we think of? Yeah, so I've got my NIV study Bible sitting right here in my lap, and this is why we always recommend people, people use or get a good study Bible because in terms of background information and context, you can go to the intros to every book of the Bible or go down to the study notes. They're at the bottom half of the page. And sometimes those notes uh, give you background information, and sometimes those notes help you answer questions Yeah, because they know that you're reading a part that's tricky. And so I just looked in my, my study Bible here, NIV study Bible. The note on this says, uh, the contrast is not between an offering of plant life and an offering of animal life, but between a careless, thoughtless offering and a choice, generous offering. Motivation and heart attitude are all important, and God looked with favor on Abel and his offering because of Abel's faith. Um, so it was the attitude with which it was given. That's what these study notes are saying. There's, yeah. There was something different about Abel's heart and Cain's heart. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can even see that in the response, right? Of like how quick, like I mentioned before, about how how quick Cain is to get to anger uh, over that. That I think is clear that he himself, I think, understood that what he had done was not appropriate or right. Yeah, the, he, he's feeling a, uh, some sense of of shame about it. Like it, it pokes at something when he when when God says or whatever way God indicates he didn't accept that. You know, Cain's Cain's upset about that, and he knows. Let's get some other observations out there. For me, one of the other things that, that really struck me um, was just a little bit later, you know, after, uh, toward the end of the passage, sorry, um, when Cain kind of is complaining almost, my punishment is more than I can bear. Um, and, and God says, you know, not so. Um, it's just the fact that he's, even though Cain has shown zero remorse, right? He's not <laughs> shown or even acknowledged like, hey, I I was wrong, and I apologize for that, seeking forgiveness. God still is listening to him, responding to that plea for help, um, despite that. So I thought it's just another testimony or example of God's continuing uh, grace, even in those circumstances where it's undeserved. Yeah. He, God, God is so, like, again and again gracious in the situation. He, like, gives Cain a chance to, you know, turn and repent and do something different. He says, hey, you know, no, you're going to be okay. And then when he gets in trouble, he's like, well, okay, no, actually, I'm going to show you some mercy and the punishment. Like, there's... There's so much more there, uh, and Cain is just constantly, constantly like resentful of that. You know, he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't see it. Yeah. the The obvious uh, observation in terms of his punishment is that sin sin brings about punishment and consequence. Like when you said he was merciful in his punishment, there was still punishment. There's still punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you see that from the very beginning of Genesis, sin brings negative consequences all the time. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things I thought about when I read that was that uh, anger has this way of uh, blinding us to the needs and concerns of others, right? Like so sometimes like when we feel like we've been the victim of something, we we become angry and then we start to like hurt other people with our frustration or our words or our actions. And so I, I thought about like, uh, I don't know, maybe I thought this because we had the, the kids pastor here, but I thought of like the kind of connection you have with like, sibling rivalry in your house where it's like, I don't have kids of my own, but I was a kid and a lot of my close friends have kids, but it's that idea of like, 
brother, sister, whoever it is, is like they get one of the siblings get something that the other one wanted and they get jealous about it, you know, or one does something to the other and before you know it, the anger starts to flare and they lash out with their words or they poke them really hard, you know what I mean? And then the parent sets them down and kind of tells them the consequence or the punishment for their behavior. And then before you know it, the kid is just screaming at the top of their lungs because mom's taken away the screen time or dad's grounded them. And they don't even think about what they might have done or said to their sibling that caused them pain and hurt. All they're, they're, all they're doing is saying, this is too much for me to bear, yeah. you know. How I I can't I can't survive it, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, I, I want to ask you th- this question. So, um, I, I'm sure that if uh, at breakfast time when I sat down with my my kids and when, when I read this uh, to them, they are going to react to that murder. You know what I mean? That they're they're going to look at that. They're going to. I'm going to have to interact with them about that. So, what would you recommend to a parent like me? Uh, when talking about the violent, the scary, the weird stuff in the Bible. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I had a couple of suggestions of uh, questions that you can ask yourself as a parent as you're thinking through, um, is this going to be great? You know, is this appropriate right now for me to engage my kid with this? Um, so I broke it into three things, thinking, feeling, and living. So asking those questions first, what is my child thinking? Um, so are they emotionally, are they cognitively mature enough to handle the topic? And you're going to know that, you know, based on their age. Um, are they going to be able to ask questions about it, understand if you have a discussion? Um, what is your child feeling? So are they experiencing anything similar in their own life already? Um, so, you know, if I'm thinking of other passages, but if a child is, is suffering in pain, um, then it's appropriate to bring some examples of where we see that uh, suffering being dealt with in the Bible too. Um, and then living. So how how is, you know, what's your child's life like right now? Are there uh, experiences that they can relate to already? Are they finding out about certain things, you know, from what uh, they watch on movies or what they see on TV or what they discuss with friends? They may well already be having these kind of conversations. And so this can be a perfect time to also bring in a biblical perspective. So I think asking those questions to yourself um, as you think about it, but ultimately I think not, not avoiding the hard stuff, you know, I think we maybe have a tendency at times. I know I have done as a parent at times, but had a tendency to um, try to take the Disney version a little bit of the Bible. Um, but really engaging with the hard stuff is so important, especially at a young age, because ultimately the kids are eventually going to be at a point where they do comprehend that, they do understand that, um, and it's much harder, you know, by that stage if we haven't had those kind of discussions and instilled those kind of uh, ways of thinking about the Bible beforehand. Yeah. I, I find that oftentimes when I'm nervous about a passage, like I've looked ahead and I'm like, oh man, should I skip this one? And I decide to do it, you know, with, with my kids. Um, I'm always thankful that we got to talk about one of those hard things, those weird, icky things. And and we got to talk about it, first of all, in the context of the Bible, not just some random thing. And then the Bible models for us the right way to react to that. So I'm having a conversation with my kids and we're getting to say, what? how should we actually feel about that? It, like, I can say, this is sad. This is scary. Um, and it, it actually becomes a really good conversation. And I'm, I'm always thankful that I got to do it that way rather than, you know, them picking up things and learning about life in the world in some other way. So um, I, I find that, that actually uh, when I'm nervous about it, often those are some of the most fruitful, productive conversations uh, with my kids uh, yeah. about important things. What do children's translations of the Bible, <clears throat> how do they translate 
verse one. So I'm reading from the NIV. It says, Adam, <laughs> we're talking about murder. There's a trickier one. I got a nine-year-old in my house. Adam lay with his wife is what it says in the NIV. If I look at the New Living Translation, it says, now Adam had sexual relationships, sexual relations with his wife. So we we use uh, like a the reader's NIV and we, we it's packaged as a kid's Bible, uh-huh. but it's really a, a Bible for people who are just learning English. Mm-hmm. And so it ends up saying things very directly in simple language. So it just says, Adam had sex with Eve. And so uh, I, I actually would preview if you're using one of those versions, because um, you might want to paraphrase uh, if your kids don't know. Yeah, I think so. I don't actually, that's a great question. I don't actually know what a lot of children's translations put in there, but I know what I you know do with my kids is, especially when that one, it's not even the main focus of this passage, right? Is that we'll, we'll just simply you know skip that part, just say that they had a child. Uh, and not get into the details. Yeah. <laughs> Safer that way. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's move on to uh, the ne- next step in comma, which is M for meditation. And this is where we start to uh, take some of our observations and spend a little time not just looking at them, but uh, kind of dwelling on them, pondering them, prayerfully thinking about those details. And for this meditation, I want us to actually think about uh, one particular quote that's right here, okay? The, the quote is the, the question that God asks Cain. It says, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? And the, the, the thoughts that I, I want you to think on is, why would God ask that question then? And if God asked you that question, how would you be answering? So the question is this, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? All right, now we come to the second M in comma, which is message. And this is where we take the observations that we've pondered and prayed about, and we actually try to articulate, here's what I think a principle that we can take from this passage and apply to other situations would be. So let's uh, hear how you might uh, uh, formulate a message from this passage. Uh, the message that I, I thought about when I was reading was that anger leads to sin and pain oftentimes. Um, I think we need to be on our guard with our, that our emotions don't cause us to hurt others and in return uh, hurt ourselves. And I, just going back to what I was talking about with the, about the, the difference between the kids, you know, not thinking more about themselves when the punishment comes and how they might have hurt some, someone else. Is, that's also true of us adults as well. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can fall into the same patterns. Yeah, I think for me, um, 
is this idea of that sin shouldn't be something we dismiss lightly. And you know, I think this isn't something, as we see in the passage, that um, it wasn't like the, it seems like the instantaneous thought that Cain had was to kill Abel, but more this building out of this anger that was going unchecked. And so applying that and putting that, you know, for ourselves as well, I think um, it's important that we keep a check on, on where sin is at in our lives. As someone who has wrestled with anger as like one of the things that I have to deal with, like in my in my life, like everyone has like sin issues in their life that seem to be more prevalent. And if I'm not careful, like anger would be one of those things that bubbles up. What I noticed is that when God is talking to Cain, he doesn't talk to Cain about Abel at all. So Cain is somehow comparing like, He's mad about something having to do with Abel, right? But God is not talking to him about Abel. He's talking to him about his feelings, what he's thinking, why he's angry, his behavior. And so that question, why are you angry, immediately makes my brain go to uh, James in the, the New Testament book of James, where James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Isn't it because you want something and you're not getting it? And normally anger is a outworking of us wanting something, we want other people to respond to us in a certain way or talk to us in a certain way. or uh, ang- so. But anger is ultimately my sin issue. It has nothing to do with anybody else. I, I would, uh, along similar lines to you guys, um, the message I formulated was, sometimes our anger at others is shame coming out sideways. So Cain's got this, it's a vertical problem that he's dealing with. He's, he's fallen short of something that God was not pleased with, and God gave him a chance to address that and respond to it, and yet what uh, Cain does in response is take it out on someone next to him. So rather than dealing with that vertical issue of the shame and the guilt that comes from that breach with God, he tries to take down some other person. That, that anger at someone else is not actually really about Abel, uh, it, it kind of like what... If, Eric said, like the anger is his issue and he's, uh, he's having it come out uh, sideways rather than saying, how do I actually get right uh, with God on this? All right, let's go to the A in comma and talk about the application. How, how would we put this into practice in our own lives? Don't kill your brother. <laughs> That's v- first. V- very, very yeah. good. Very good. A lot of people <laughs> dealing with that. There's actually, you're kind of joking about that, but... Uh, Honestly, like, so this would be a real life example from, from this week. I'm really tired this week. Like the, 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 the uh, ongoing toll of living in COVID and leading through COVID, I'm just tired. And so I have a week off next week. And so I told myself at the beginning of this week, my goal this week is to not say anything or do anything that I'm going to regret or I have to go back and apologize for, right? So uh, there is something to what you said that I don't want my own issues to damage other people. And so the application for me is to to make sure that you're always creating the space to first rest and talk to God about things before you act or speak to other people so that you have as few moments as possible where you're actually damaging other people because none of us intend to. None of us in, ever intend to bring pain to other people's lives. And I would even venture to guess that even that pi- f- people that find themselves uh, escalating to the point of murder, it's very rarely premeditated. 
it's almost always an escalation that gets out of control. Yeah. Yeah, my, mine was along the the same lines. I, I just, I wrote down when I start to feel angry about something, it's it's important for me to to ask myself why, to pause, to take time to figure out what's behind it, and then figure out how I need to respond in a healthy way versus reacting in an unhealthy way. Yeah, yeah same sort of thing. Um, I've heard a few different places that acronym HALT, you know, being careful about how you interact with someone when you are uh, H, hungry, A, angry, L, lonely, T, tired, right? <laughs> so it's like uh, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Like those are the things that you need to say, all right, I need to take a step back, not make any rash decisions, uh, be careful about responding to an email at this time, that sort of thing. Um, and so even just observing the small expressions of those things, especially anger in this passage. So if I'm driving and I'm ticked off at some driver who's going too slow or whatever, to, to stop and say, okay, hang on, if this is, if sometimes our anger is, uh, you know, a, a vertical issue coming out sideways, what, what is it that's making me feel like this is costing me so much that I, they're slowing me down? Is it really because, uh, you know, if I'm late for this, it's going to make me look bad or you know, that sort of thing? Or uh, if, I, if I feel like, you know, I'm getting snippy with my wife or my kids or whatever, uh, asking the question, like, is it really about this situation or is it, is it actually something that's between me and God uh, that I got to get right? I got to deal with that shame. I got to deal with that guilt um, and, and be, be grounded there. So uh, it's, it's paying attention to those moments of anger um, and and stopping long enough to think about it. Man, especially right now with as amped up and anxious and yeah. stressed as everyone is, oh this might be the most timely word coming out of this podcast. Everybody, yeah, slow down, yeah. be with Jesus, think about it, pray about it before you say anything or do anything. And for those of you at work, don't hit send on that email. Don't do it until you've prayed. Yeah, not that. our work, by the way. I'm talking to everybody out there. <laughs> yes. in Never hear us. We in, don't uh, do that at pod, the church. In podcast Never. land. And why are you listening to podcasts at work? That's that's the question. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a very helpful conversation, Dave. Thank you for joining us today. And before we let you go, is there any kind of resources that you might offer to parents who are doing this with their kids? Yeah, I would uh, point parents to cccLife.org slash epic, uh, where we have posted the epic reading plan, other resources, and then opportunity to register and join us in person or online for our epic programs for elementary students. Wednesday nights during the school year from 630 to 745, uh, we would love everyone to join us. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode, but we hope you'll join us next Monday. Eric will be walking us through another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan. And in the meantime, if you're not following along with the reading plan, you can go to BibleSavvy.com to download it and to start reading along. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Tell your friends and we'll talk to you next week.